Hospitality Meets is brought to you by Rotacloud, the staff scheduling app for hospitality teams. Rotacloud lets you create and share rotas, record attendance, and manage your team's annual leave, all in less time than it takes to make a brew. It can also make life easier for your staff, allowing them to check their rotas, request holiday, and even pick up extra shifts, all through the Rotacloud mobile app. Start your 30-day free trial today by visiting rotacloud.com forward slash fill and find out how much easier managing your team can be. Welcome to Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street, where each week we take a light-hearted look into the stories and individuals that make up the wonderful world of hospitality. Today's guest is Michelle Whittemore, Director of Marketing Communications for the rather glorious Pan Pacific London. Coming up on today's show... Michelle gives her verdict on the podcast... It's, it's incredible. That's my goodness. Phil questions Michelle's fashion choices. Did you get dressed in the dark? <laughs> and Michelle sets up her story perfectly. Do I have a story for you? All that and so much more as we chat through Michelle's wonderful story so far. Michelle just oozes hospitality and she tells her story with a wonderful humility all the way through. Backed up by the wonderful hospitality shown to me at the Pan Pacific London through the duration of our chat. It's another wonderful chat with somebody at the top of their game. Enjoy. And a huge hospitality meets welcome to Michelle Whittemore. Hello, Phil. Nice to meet you. Thank you for being here and welcome to the amazing Pan Pacific Suites in the hotel. Indeed. I mean, you have picked a place for us to record today. Welcome there in the lobby, coffee waiting, just how I like it. You guys know how to do luxury. It's about hospitality and that's something we need to be doing well. And I hope you're feeling that hospitality today. Yeah, absolutely. So just to describe, if you will, the room that we're in, because this is quite something and you can't get that in a podcast, of course. <laughs> so this is the Pan Pacific Suite. So it's our signatory suite in the hotel. It's a two bedroom and it's very much perched on the 19th floor of our tower. So your views are absolutely spectacular. Floor to ceiling windows. And of course, I think the guest experience when you arrive in here is phenomenal because as you walk in, you're in a smart room. And the room senses your arrival and the curtains automatically open. Oh, wow. So as you walk in, and as I'm talking, I'm actually getting goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> as you walk in, you just get all of this opening and you just have an incredible 180 degree view of, of the City of London, which is very spectacular. That is so cool. That's a, that's a prime example of when you get, you know, people talk about tech and all of that all the time, but when you really think about how the tech can play a part in the experience. Mm-hmm. And actually in the grand scheme of things, probably quite easy to put together these days, but the the wow factor it gives to somebody as they walk into their room, I can only imagine. Absolutely, you know, we think of it as being thoughtful tech. Obviously we've got the more practical side, which, which appeals to a potentially younger generation that's driven by tech, but there needs to be a balance. There honestly needs to be a balance. Things need to be thoughtful these days because that brings the experience to the forefront and it's memorable and that's what people are looking for. It's those memorable moments. What are they going to remember, you know, when they leave staying at Pan Pacific? Yeah, absolutely. So just tell the world who you are and what you do. We've just gone straight into it. (laughs) So I'm the Director of Marketing Communications. So I look after driving demand for the hotel and then the communication side is very much your PR side, your reputation management. So we deal with a few PR agencies with that. And the one works very closely with the other because you're, you have to create awareness, especially when you're a new brand like we are. 
So Pan Pacific um, is not known in, in, the, in the London market or European because our global footprint is very much Southeast Asian. We're a Singaporean company. So we really need to work quite hard at driving that awareness, who we are and why we are here. And then, of course, once that awareness is there, marketing can actually step in and start driving demand for, for obviously turning over revenue and driving sales. Yeah, yep. absolutely. And you guys have been open. I mean, you picked a great time to open. Maybe we'll get into that, actually, in the fullness <laughs> of the conversation. But um, I'm also detecting that you're not originally from this part of the world with your, your accent. I have the same, I was going to say problem. It's not the problem, is it? It brings character and fullness to the world. But um so take us all the way back then to the beginning of your career. How did you get into hospitality in the first place? Wow. Way back when, I actually started my career in medicine. Really? Yes. I was studying diagnostic radiography at the time, uh, specializing in CT scanning, MRI and mammography. Wow. Because when I left school, I think it's very hard to make a decision of your career at the age of 18. And I wanted to be in an industry with people. And of course, medicine, I thought, was that industry. I wanted to be deal with people every day. I want to be important to them. I want to make a difference. So entered um, into the medical world. And three years later, I realized this is really not what I'm looking for. Right. And then an opportunity came, uh, knowing somebody in the industry, and I got into the hospitality side. And I remember somebody saying to me, once you get into hospitality, you will never leave. And obviously, I didn't take it that seriously at the time. I was, I was young. I was early 20s. And no truer words have been said. And here I am 25 years later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, a bit of a story to fill in in that time. But yeah, actually, that you, you make a, a really valid point, something that comes up so frequently on the show around the fact that we're, as a, as a system, we do ask an awful lot of people to make choices, maybe way before they're ready to do so. Um, so many people on, on the show have, have said the same thing, and it's, you know, you, you end up doing what maybe somebody pushes you into or what you feel is the right, but you don't know fully. And, um, and so it doesn't, I suppose it doesn't really matter when you find hospitality. As you say, once you're in, you'll never leave. Absolutely. You know, and even when you make wrong decisions or incorrect decisions when you're young, they're learnings. You know, I'd rather know what I don't want and continue in my career to discover what I do want. Yeah. Or how do I take my career further? So it certainly wasn't a waste of time. It was just a realization of where I really needed to be go. You know, and, and the rest is history. Yeah, I've been in hospitality uh, ever since. Um, in South Africa, where I'm originally from, it was more um, marketing and PR side. And that was very agency. So I've had the experience of agency and in-house. Moving to Belgium, where I've also had part of my career that was more in hotels. And then, of course, I'm here as well and had a myriad of in-house and agency experience here in London. Yeah. So how did it all come about then in terms of that, that shift from medicine? Obviously, somebody had a word in your ear. Mm -hmm. But how did you facilitate that from, from that point? I think you have to go in with a very open mind. You need to be willing to learn. You're coming in from the bottom uh, and really have that thirst for knowledge. Listen, pay attention. Don't try to be a hero. Don't try, you know, put yourself too far too quickly out there. It's an industry that you can learn very quickly, uh, but you need to be tenacious. You, you need to be a sponge. You need to have a certain skill set that is going to keep you in that industry and drive you forward. Mm. You need to really learn and, and be willing to learn. Learn from others. 
You're not going to go into this industry knowing everything. Um, and you need to go in very humble as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had a phrase whispered to me as a, as a youngin, um, which was, when you're starting out, keep your eyes and your ears open and your mouth shut. Very much so. Uh, yeah. let, it come, let the knowledge come to mm -hmm. you and then you can start branching out and making mm -hmm. your voice heard and all of that. But in the, in the first instance, just get your grounding. Absolutely. And I think also, you know, you need to make an effort. You need to, instead of waiting for opportunities, go look for them. Educate yourself. I think education is key and king. Keep yourself relevant. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. If you don't know, keep challenging. Keep asking. You know, potentially sometimes evaluate a risk, make a decision, seek counsel, and then with support, drive yourself further. And you will work your way up the ladder. Yeah, absolutely. So what role did you start out in? as what, what was your first role in hospitality? I worked um, as a marketing assistant for one of the, for the marketing uh, director at the time. It was a corporate hotel in Johannesburg. It was very much supported by a government business. So it was exciting. You know, we, we had, I think two or three F&B outlets. It was all about M&E and, and, and banqueting. And it was literally doing absolutely everything. And in those days, I mean, you might relate, we had, um, Anything was dictation on a, on a tape. Right, yeah. And I remember Geraldine was her name. She would dictate her memos. She used to get in morning and we have intra and an outra. And in the outra was always these little tapes. And the first thing I would have to do is go in and put the tape in the, the recorder and put my earphones in and copy type all her memos. That is how basic and simple things were back then. But my goodness, you know, having those kind of experiences is such a good grounding yeah. because you, it actually sets you up for life in any career you have but it's it's really that humble beginning and then growing and growing and growing mm. um, and that's pretty much how it started I was a call me a secretary in marketing right yeah but getting the grounding right yep. and you've absolutely yep. sparked a memory as well when uh, I worked on ships where we used to when we were doing our rounds we used to use the the dictation devices mm -hmm. you know you'd see something and and if you couldn't deal with it right then and there straight into the to the dictation and then go back to your office and get in contact with whoever it is that, that needs to, to fit it and, and uh, fix it and I, I think we still have that tech really the voice notes on mobile it's exactly just, the same thing really exactly it's just changed you're either using a post-it you're typing it or you're voice recording it yeah it's just yeah whatever works on. whatever gets it done <laughs> but i think the thing is as well about something like that is, is that you probably don't realize it in the moment but it's teaching you attention to detail correct as well because you're you know you're hearing all of this knowledge from somebody else and then you're typing it out and and kind of absorbing it at the same time and and whilst you might not think much of it in the moment, the next time you go somewhere, you're automatically kind of thinking about that thing, aren't you? Absolutely. And I think you've hit the nail on the head saying, when you work in-house, in a hotel, as an example, your focus is attention to detail and knowing the product. When I've worked agency side, because you have such a vast portfolio of product, you don't get to know that product so well. So your skill set that you're learning there in the same capacity in marketing and communications is now you're learning to deal with deadlines and to juggle and flexibility, uh, multitasking. So depending which swim lane you're actually working in or choose to work in, you're learning different skill sets. Mm. To be fortunate enough to actually work equally in both 
I'm very privileged because I've had the best of both worlds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure we'll, we'll get through this as we go through your journey, but mm -hmm. I'm assuming that one informs the other and vice versa. Correct, Yeah. correct. Absolutely. So from the, the hotel, how long mm -hmm. were you there what, and what happened next? Uh, I was there for, I would say, about three years. Um, there was a bit of a, a structure change in there and my MD at the time was leaving and she had a very well-known contact in the PR industry. And she said, you need to interview my secretary or marketing assistant, yeah. which I duly did. And I got the job and I moved over to an agency called Leslie Simpson Communications. And they specialize in hospitality, travel and tourism. And I think I spent my longest period of my career there. I was there for 15 years. Wow, right. And honestly, the best experience ever because it was that diversified experience from a PR perspective. And then we developed the company into a marketing agency as well. So the marketing was pulled back in there. But there I had um, experience in luxury hotels, luxury game lodges, airlines, tourism boards. Um, it was just a complete myriad of different clients. And that's, I think, where the bug really bit me because being in hospitality, you can travel. And it's a, an amazing opportunity for you to have. And I think I've traveled the most ever in my career within that 15 year period right yeah yep uh, also obviously make sure that you know what visas to get oh my goodness indeed <laughs> do i have a story for you <laughs> i did make me chuckle when i read that um, so yes please do tell <laughs> so you know sometimes well you know when you're a seasoned traveler you you know what you should be doing you know what you need to be checking and in this period i was going to i was actually flying from south africa to Australia on a two-week vacation with my partner at the time. And I was going via Malaysia. Malaysia Airlines was one of our clients. And of course, you know, because they're a client, you know, you're a little more relaxed. You're booking tickets directly through them. You're not with travel agents now anymore. And yeah. everything was fine. And I'll never forget this. It was a, a Friday that we were flying out of um, OR Tambo. And the flight usually leaves at about two o'clock. And we arrived there. And as we all know, that where visas are required, an airline will never fly you out if they haven't checked your visa before because obviously they sit with with costs uh, deporting you or bringing you back mm. so of course they wouldn't let me check in they wouldn't let me go past because i didn't have a visa for australia because i didn't check that i needed a visa at the time to get into australia yeah well i was in tears at the airport we were ready to go yeah, yeah. my partner was about to leave me i phoned my boss i said i don't know what to do so she said okay just Let's wait. She phoned the embassy. She phoned the high commission in South Africa, who then phoned the God. one in Malaysia, who then said, mm, okay, let's get her on the flight. But when she gets there, she has to go straight to the embassy. They'll have a visa ready. La, 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 la. Nine o'clock the next morning, I was literally taken from the airport, escorted. So I couldn't, you know, run away or do anything. Yeah, yeah. Straight to the embassy, get the uh, visa, which fortunately was all there. I was so humbled, I just cried the whole time because, I, I mean, I was just an emotional wreck. And then eventually we were taken straight back to the airport and we got on the flight to continue to Australia at like 3 o'clock that wow. afternoon. Yeah, It was incredible. But the story here is not only check your travel arrangements, but coming back to that hospitality industry, you know what, we are one and we all work together. Yeah. And the help and the support was incredible. It was good. I mean, it sounds like it. Yeah, bless you. Yeah, I mean, the the, um, the being able to go to somebody who can solve yeah. that problem, I think, is actually yeah. a massive part of the industry, right? Absolutely. It's, it's the industry cares. The industry 
you have friends in the industry. And once you're in this industry, those friendships you make are for life, mm. no matter who you are. And people will help people, Yeah. which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you need to take a moment? No, but I yeah, got right. all emotional well, now because you. you know what? The memories came back and it's yeah. just like, wow, lucky, mm. lucky mm. to be here. But that's that's the, also the joy of doing something like this yeah. is that, um, I, you know, I, um, I've had Harry Murray crying on the show. <laughs> you know, it's just like, wow. And it, never in your wildest dreams did you ever think you'd make Harry Murray cry, but there we are. It's called um, emotional triggers. <laughs> yeah, indeed, yeah. But, but that's great. Obviously, it's, it's obviously part of your psyche and your journey and, and, uh, and there's lessons to be learned, of yep. course, and your, your own story sparked my own story of a similar thing, which was, um, we, <laughs> this is going back now like 15, actually it is 15 years, it was, I think it was my wife and I's first anniversary. And it was a really tough year that year, it was 2008-9, I'd lost my job, money wasn't flowing uh, in our household at that time, but we'd made a point that we were just going to do a, a cheap break for a couple of days to Valencia, just to see somewhere different, just to be somewhere different for our anniversary, do it on a budget, etc 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 got to Stansted airport and um, realized very quickly that our flight wasn't showing on the departures and it was actually going from Gatwick airport oh my goodness and the funny thing about that is is that we used to watch there was documentary programs about you know uh, behind the scenes the easy jet desk and all of that kind of things and you'd see people going and they'd gone to the wrong airport and we used to go oh how stupid are they <laughs> and then it happened to us and you realize okay so yes check your travel arrangements check. honestly check 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 yeah and I, I, my uh, wife broke down in tears because we thought we weren't going to get away and it was just like we have to figure out how to do this so we ended up jumping on a flight to Alicante from Stansted yep. And then just uh, jumping in a, um, a late night taxi, uh, which was a lot more money than we wanted to spend, but it did mean that we arrived at our hotel late at night uh, and were able to wake up on our anniversary somewhere different. But it was, yes, lesson learned <laughs> for sure. At least we only did once. <laughs> Indeed, yeah, absolutely. Um, so 15 years with the the agency, I yep. suppose we'll LSE. call them. Yep, yep. yep. Um, what happened next? Well... Hubby was, my husband, uh, was fortunate enough to have a job opportunity open up in Belgium. So at that stage, I felt I was really at the top of my career within that particular company. And the next step for me would be to own my own company, but I just wasn't really wanting to do that at the time. So he got a transfer to Belgium. And so I ended my career in South Africa and I went to Belgium with no plans. And I was very fortunate, although going back a little bit in South Africa, I was very fortunate to have worked with uh, the CEO at the time of Marriott International. And I obviously, I mean, I'm an advocate of LinkedIn, real advocate. Yeah. Uh, so obviously connected with their, uh, this person, kept in contact. And then when I went over to Belgium, uh, Brussels in particular, I reached out to this gentleman and I said, look, I loved what Marriott stood for. You know, I love the brand ethos. I really would like to work for Marriott. A couple of emails later, interviews later, I managed to get a position in Brussels looking after the cluster of four of their brands. And that was very much coming in at a marketing manager's position. Right. So slipped in, 
looking at the four brands, love the idea of working cluster because again, it gets that balance of having a variety of product, a variety of brands to look after, but you in one company. So it was the best of both worlds. A little bit of that agency feel, but in-house. Which which brands did they have? Uh, Marriott Signature. So as yeah. you know, Marriott International, it was Renaissance, their lifestyle brand. And at that stage, it was just changing into a lifestyle uh, a brand. Uh, it was Courtyard by Marriott. So that's very much your uh, airport hotels, easy traveling, comfortable family hotels. And then it was a long stay uh, option so long stay accommodation apartment style yeah so very diverse and amazing so got settled there very happy that my career path uh, stayed where it was two years later my husband got transferred to the UK yeah. so there we go we packed up everything again Damn him. and and the pack up remember you know we've moved from South Africa a house now an entire house to Belgium the dogs even came with us so mm. our two dogs were, were piled in and off they flew over now we've lifted everything up in Belgium and we've come to the UK and we put ourselves down here. And I did at the time have a very serious conversation to him to say that is the last time we are relocating. So if you want a job around the world, you need to go commute back and forth because we're not doing this again. Yeah, I, I suppose there's a, there's, wow. it's lovely and all of that to see different places and, and things, but you do need roots don't you correct like to, to correct. settle and get that foundation set absolutely so moved to the uk happy to say here forever uh citizen now which is amazing yeah um and coming into to the uk i really didn't know what i wanted to do i didn't know if i wanted to go directly back into hotels obviously now having worked at the the, the, the marriott group did i maybe want to go back into pr which is where i first started so i was really at that crossroad of I love them both, don't get me wrong, but we, you know, I've got another opportunity. See, this is an opportunity. What I want to do, how do I want to develop? So I took a, a, a mat cover at one of the top PR agencies here, PR Co., just to see, you know, has the landscape changed here in the media, dealing with it, how does it work? And it was pretty much the same as what I experienced before. And again, that experience said to me, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I can officially now say I've done it. Tick I don't want to do box. it. Tick. So where am I going? I'm going straight back into hotels because that's what I truly, truly, truly love. Yeah. So from PR Co, I then joined one of my clients uh, at the time was Nero Hotels and Resorts. They were a client of ours in the agency. And I went to the CEO uh, one day and I said, right, this is what I can do for you. You know, you don't have a corporate office set up here. This gentleman is so frequently travels, he literally lives in the sky. He doesn't have an office. I said, this is what I can do. Let me set up a corporate office here, a Marcom office for you. And this is the benefit. And he said, fine. He said, go for it. Mm. And that's exactly what happened. And I stayed with Nero for a, for a couple of years. And then I thought, oh, changing again. Come on, I need something different. So that's when I thought, right, I really want to go and see what luxury hospitality is about. Nero was luxury, don't get me wrong. But I wanted the next level of luxury. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is, there's luxury and then there's luxury. You know what? Luxury is many different things to different people. Yeah. Uh, for me, I wanted to aspire or go to that ultra luxury experience. And again, just test the waters, see what it's like, learn, 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 learn. Yeah. Well, you as, as you've said, you, some, you've got to go and try and it might not be for you, but at least then you know it's not for you and you can you know, retreat, go mm -hmm. forward in a different way or, or, or whatever. Absolutely. So then the next journey was to join Corinthia London, mm. which is an iconic hotel in, in, the, in the West End. And really, 
eat, sleep, breathe, embrace luxury, which was amazing. I mean, the lessons I've learned, you know, the level of luxury, what is experience, attention to detail, uh, tone of voice, positioning, uh, all of that. Really, I learned an incredible amount working at that hotel. Oh, I mean, it's it's one it's really developed into one of London's grand hotels, isn't it? Really, absolutely, absolutely. It's really got its 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 footprint. And I came into a time when I think they were just seven years old. So at that stage, in the normal process, you would potentially look at tweaking your branding or your brand positioning as the curve goes for brand. So I was very much part of that brand experience, working with the brand teams, working with agencies, working with a corporate office, and obviously bringing that to life inside the hotel to the associates. So it was extremely exciting. And then um, after two years, quite happy, was, wasn't really looking at change. But then um, I was approached by Anne Golden, who's our general manager here. Yeah. And she just said, you know, can we have a chat? I didn't know Anne, to be honest with you. And I said, what, you know, what, what about? And she said, Pan Pacific. And I said, well, who's Pan Pacific? Yeah, what's that? I, I, I really <laughs> didn't know who Pan Pacific Hotels were. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so needless to say, I thought, okay, well, let, let's have a drink and let's have a Google. So I Googled to find out, I thought, okay, interesting. And then, you know, Anne just said, we opening this hotel in London. I've got nothing to show you because we haven't got anything yet. I've employed two people and myself, so, you, you know, I'm looking for the fourth person, right. my director of, of, of Marcom. So I said, okay. I said, but you need to give me a little bit more. What is it about? Whatever. <laughs> yeah. So she said, well, why don't we bring you to the marketing suite? And at that time, I mean, this was, no, this was July 2019. Okay, yeah. With the idea the hotel was going to open in June 2020, so quite a short period of time to be opening a hotel. Sure. So we had a marketing suite in Salesforce Tower, which is just across the way here. And I went in with, you know, no thoughts, no ideas. I just thought, okay, this is a very nice lady. I connected to her on an emotional level. You know, let me hear what she has to say. Mm. And I walked in to the marketing suite and she showed me, there was this, this wall television, literally a wall. And she started going through, <clears throat> excuse me, assets on here. And in the middle of the room was this gigantic model of what is now Bishopsgate Plaza. Oh, so it's our, yeah, it's our tower of 43 floors. It's Devonshire House. It's the plaza. It's the entire estate. And I was absolutely blown away with what I saw. Mm. And I kept looking at this and I was just seeing opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. You know, as a marketeer, you never switched off. You always switched on. So everything you are seeing, you are hearing, you are processing in some way or another. And she literally said to me, do you want to come work for us? And I said, yep, I do. And that was that. The rest right. is history. Five-star hospitality means having the right people in the right place at the right time. And that's exactly where RotorCloud can help. RotorCloud is the online platform that makes planning rotors, recording attendance, and managing annual leave easy. Its simple drag-and-drop interface lets you create and share rotors with your team in minutes. While our built-in budgeting tools mean you'll know exactly how much you're spending on staffing before sending the rotor out. RotorCloud also makes life easier for your staff, allowing them to check their rotors, request time off, and pick up extra shifts, all through the RotorCloud mobile app. Start your 30-day free trial today by visiting rotorcloud.com forward slash fill and find out how much easier managing your team can be.
right? Goodness gracious. Yeah. Well, I mean, having having uh, met Anne on more than one occasion, mm-hmm. uh, I can, I think anybody would find it difficult not to connect with her on a, an emotional level. Mm-hmm. I think she's just just got this wonderful way with people. Absolutely doing what she was born to be doing. It sounds like you're in that boat as well. It sounds like you're exactly where you need to be right now. I'm, I'm very happy where I am. I'm loving the product. Uh, I think we have achieved milestones in the last two years and we have many more to achieve. You know, I think working through a pandemic yeah. and trying to open a hotel in a pandemic has been exceptionally difficult, don't get me wrong. Opening a hotel is tricky, but opening yes, it with all throw these... Throw that one in. Throw this in. Nobody knows what we are, what you're doing, what you need to be doing, how you need to adapt, how you need to change, how you need to be flexible, how do you evaluate risk. Nobody knew that at yeah. the time. So if anything, that just made us become strong as a team, work collaboratively as a team, you know, be find that kindness and humility in us as a team because we need support in other ways, not even just opening the hotel. And I think once you've gone through that, there's even a better connection than what I mentioned before of that friendship. You know, the senior leadership team is still very much here. And sure, we've had people come and go, but that's the industry. But the friendship and the depth of the respect and all of that that comes through that journey is absolutely incredible. Mm. It will take me... A lot to leave here to be very this is my family without a doubt but that we maybe don't talk about the importance of that enough in how the industry any industry Mm -hmm. can win in in terms of attracting people in to come and and work is actually if you give people an environment whereby they can be themselves they feel connected they feel their voices valued they they feel like they can make a difference Mm -hmm. on a a day-to-day basis and be surrounded by people who want the same. God, that's when mm-hmm. sparks fly, isn't it? That's when the really golden... St- I'm sorry, the pun on your general manager. <laughs> that's when the really golden stuff happens. Yep, absolutely. And it's, it, it starts very much at the top down. I mean, that's a very cliche way of putting it. But Anne follows the management style of servant leadership. And it's something that's very close to my heart as well because mm. there's value in it. You know, what does that mean? It's about looking at people that have kindness, humility, emotional intelligence. You know, they bring a separate skill set to a hard skill set. And you need two to work well together. You know, it's putting your team first. It's putting your organization first. You know, it's putting your personal objectives potentially on the back burner because it's about everybody else all the time. And as you say, that encourages people. It, it, it honestly fuels them to go that extra mile. You know, we all have a big cry. We all have a big laugh. But at the end of the day, we are one. You yeah. know, we win together. We lose together. So you know what? We're going to cry together. We're going to laugh together. And that's pretty much the ethos of our entire workforce here at Pan Pacific London. It doesn't just sit in a leadership level. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, you're absolutely right, though. I mean, if it doesn't sit, <clears throat> if it's not coming from the top down but you have 75% of the people who are that way, then that's still going to be a broken culture, isn't yep, it? You yep. need everybody on the same page. Mm-hmm. So and it's quite different, I think. It's not the norm. From, from my career experience, that's not a normal management style that I've been privy to. Mm. 
but I like it. I'm comfortable in it. You know, yeah. I, I feel I can give back to it. And I feel like my voice is heard. You know, it means something. Yeah. And I think a lot of the associates here feel the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love the concept of servant leadership. Mm -hmm. I mean, in terms of, you know, as a leader, I'm here for you. I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm here to give the support mm -hmm. that you need in order for you to be able to do what you can do mm -hmm. to the, the highest level possible. Absolutely. I think also, you know, it's, it's kind of like, where's that balance of persuasion rather than being authoritative? You know, there's ways, there's encouraging. How do you, how do you make somebody do something without telling them to be doing it? Mm. You know, you need to give them full ownership, responsibility. You know, if we make a mistake, you learn by it. Have a takeaway. If you don't learn by it, there's no point. Mm. Every mistake I see, and, I, and it's something I bring home to my team, if you make a mistake, call a training because you're going to be learning something from that to be able to move forward. And it's good to make mistakes. Yeah. It makes us human. You know, yeah. no one's giving us the book to say, this is how you need to do it. Do it this way because things are changing so fast. You need to be adaptable. Yeah. Learn as you go along. Be relevant. Be that sponge all the time. Yeah, whatever level you get to. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's such a, a key point. I mean, it's so stifling, isn't it, to have an environment where people are scared to make errors that they're just, you know, they're, they're second-guessing themselves all the time. They can't get into their flow state, mm -hmm. which is a, a buzzword I love to use. <laughs> uh, it's something that I, it's taken me a long time to get mm -hmm. to my flow state, but um, it just it makes such a difference. And then the business automatically benefits from that anyway. Mm -hmm. And I, I spoke to somebody about this recently. I feel like we've been talking about this for 20 years, and it just isn't done wide scale enough as of yet but we everybody can see the benefits mm -hmm. as to why you should do this um, and yet we still find ourselves in a, a situation where we're having to talk about it and having to shine a light on the people who are doing it well to maybe hope that the ones who are, are needing a bit of a leg up can yep. take something from it absolutely but i think it's it's getting better it's definitely getting better For sure yeah you know the industry has changed because of a myriad of influence, and we need to be changing with the times. Mm. We need to, we need to change. You know, it's a resilient industry. We need to look after our people. We all know that. Uh, but how, what does that mean? What does that mean in the twenty first century? What does that mean in a new world of hospitality? What does that mean when you've got a very competitive market here, particularly in London, to make sure that your team believe in what they do and give you their best yeah. and give the brand the best? Yeah, absolutely. So you took on the role uh, a year out from, well, not even mm. a year out, I suppose, from a, wow. <laughs> a fairly insignificant event that happened in the yep. world. Yep. Describe, if you will, what that, because this, this is, a, the interesting thing for me here is about actually from a marketing and communications perspective. As you, as you quite rightly said, it's already hard enough to open a hotel and put yourself on the map around what is a hugely competitive marketplace. How do you then... <laughs> take that and throw in a pandemic and yeah I mean and still get because I this to me as a as, as an outsider looking in I just feel like you guys nailed it you're the well okay no thank you for for saying that I, th I think you know what it it was it was hectic and I think why it was hectic is we're all confident in what we do. We know what we can do. We know our skill set. We know what you know. We know how to bring things across the line. We know how to reach those goals and targets, etc. But when something like a pandemic hits you, 
you have no idea what you're doing mm. because it's not up to you. It's about external things that are influencing you. You know, as an example, so, okay, I started in November. We had a couple of months to opening. No team. I had no team. So I took on my first team member, a marketing manager in March, beginning of March, right. 2020. Good timing. We went into lockdown on the 21st of March that same month. Mm. So I had my first person next to me for three weeks. And I never got to see her again until 15 months later when we walked into the building together. Yeah. Now, yeah. that in itself, it's That's not just, normal. It's not normal. Because, no. you know, you, you need to be building uh, relationships, rapport, understanding. I had an interview. Now, an interview, I mean, a couple of months back, I can't even remember. Mm. Because, you know, the idea is I liked um, Katie. I brought her in. It's like, right, now we're going to work together as a team. Let's do it. The two of us are going to open this hotel from a marketing and, and PR perspective. Three weeks later, that was it. Yeah. But, you know, what ended 24 hours later, I think there were 17 of us employed at the time. We all had computers at home. We were all up and running. And the next day, the 22nd of March, we started our Teams call. Nobody knew what Teams were. Nobody even knew you had to kind of click on the purple link. We, yeah. we didn't know what that was. <laughs> eight o'clock the next day, we were on our Teams call. And we had Teams calls every day from eight o'clock for two hours, religiously. And that set the standard of how things were going to be, which was, which was good. It was discipline. It was respect. Um, it was all sorts of things. Uh, but then it was up to Katie and I. We, we literally had a Teams call open the whole day because we were just talking because we didn't know what we needed to do. Yeah. And I think the hardest thing was, obviously, there's back stuff, you know, getting uh, websites up and running and development and assets and all of that. But we couldn't come here because we weren't allowed to, obviously. Mm. We've never seen the building. We could see it across the road, but it was a building site. We could never get assets. So we never had photography until two days before we opened. You know, we've employed a PR agency in 2019 with the idea we are going to be launching in that June. Mm. We had to keep things going with them. Awareness, newsworthy. We didn't have anything newsworthy. But you can't pull the plug on PR and then suddenly reinstate it many months down the line. You've got to keep that momentum. Yeah. So it was really, really tricky. And we really had to get creative. Um, the only communication channel we could use to the outside world to say we're coming was LinkedIn. And we did. We, we really used LinkedIn to communicate for that period of a year to build up the excitement of what is coming, how is coming. You know, instead of focusing on the hotel, we were focusing on the area. What does it mean to this area about placemaking? What's in the area? What makes it different? So... It was very, very challenging, but we had to look really deep as to how do you keep this going? Yeah. You know, then, of course, we were faced with, you know, Anne kept saying, well, when are we going to open, you know, to, to, to the, the, the leadership team? Because we needed a line in the sand. You know, from a marketing perspective, normally 90 days out from opening, you activate everything. So that's when your website is going live, your newsletters are going live, your social media channels are going live, you're starting to build your databases, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But we needed to know when we were going to open to do that 90-day plan. And I think we went through, must have been four or even five ideas of an open date within that 15-month period. Um, and they all changed for all sorts of reasons. Lockdown, then we were out, then we were back, and all sorts of, of, of other reasons. You know, 
All the other hotels were also opening. So did we really want to compete with existing brands to open at the same time when we are an unknown brand? We didn't have the opportunity to promote the brand, which is the better practice first, and then you bring in the asset being the hotel. So it all had to be done together. Right. And then eventually when we said, right, the 1st of September 2021, this hotel is opening. Hard open. So every single thing will be open. Our well-being will open. Every single room will open. Every single room category will open. And every single F&B outlet will be open. Line in the sand, we started activating all our channels. We went live. It was the end of March. Everything went live. And that was it. It just, it just got momentum. It was amazing. We obviously came to launch day. We, it's no fib, but we all worked literally 48 hours around the clock before to get things ready. Yeah. And it was done. That was it. We were open. Yeah. It is a, it's amazing what you're capable of, isn't it? When you really want you to want do it. You want and you push. Yeah. And no one's doing it for you or no one can help you. So make it work. Yeah. Find a solution. Find a workaround. No was not a, not a word we could even think of. Mm. Make it happen. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I kind of want to stand up and give you a round of applause. <laughs> but again, you, you can't do that if you don't have that culture set, right? Correct. Like you don't have the, this, this messaging that's coming from top down that we, yeah, this, this period is going to be tough, but we've all got each other's backs. Mm -hmm. So I'll be there for you when you need me and I will expect that you'll be the same. And it, when everybody's doing that, it's spectacular. Mm -hmm. It really is. And there's no you, there's no me, there's no I. We are one. And if it means you need to go make a bed, you need to go scrub a floor, mm. you need to go clean the pool, whatever it takes, it's, it's here, here am I and here's my hands. What do you want me to do? Yeah. And that's the culture. That's the real culture of being in true hospitality. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And what I really love about all of this is the fact that these are conversations that you and I are having now that I would normally have with a director of people or director of HR or whatever that, that person is in, uh, in any given business. But actually, there's a, there has to be a realization as well that every single member of the leadership team has to buy into that. It's not the responsibility of the director of HR. It's everyone's responsibility. And that really comes across in, in the, how passionate you are about this part of mm -hmm. your business because it's probably not on your job description, you know, in terms of what a marketing and communications person is here to do. But it's actually, it's everybody's responsibility, right, to, to keep everyone as elevated as mm. possible to do their best work. That's one goal. You know, again, like I mentioned before, we are one. So we win together and we're going to lose together. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you get involved with the, the people side of marketing your business as well? Because I, I, this is something that um, I've, I've spoken about with many, many people, is that a business will always spend money on marketing to their client base or whatever that is, mm -hmm. uh, to their guests, whoever it is that's coming in and spending money in your business. But equally, I've always believed that marketing can really, really help us as an industry win in terms of attracting people into come come and work. Do you get involved in that side of the business as well? Um, I do. So, you know, what one of my, my tasks and something I'm very passionate about is communicating or getting word out there or marketing what a great place this is to work at. And it's it's genuine. So it's not 
what I call staff washing. You know, it's not attracting people for the wrong reasons. Yeah. You know, and when you see what we do and what we put out there, and you can actually see in our associates' faces and what they are doing, how they love what they do, and it's it's genuine passion for what they do. It's a genuine passion for working here. It's a genuine passion to make this hotel a success. Mm. And that's what we do. You know, we don't we don't do a lot, but what we do is we always lead with our people. No matter what, this hotel leads with people. People come, our people come first. And if our people are happy, our associates are happy, they will do their job amazingly. And that will reflect on a guest experience. Yeah. So we need to look after people. And we do look after people. And the people will always come first here at Pan Pacific London. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, whatever it is that you're doing, it's working. The, the message out there in terms of what I see, uh, in terms of what you guys do, you won another award this week. Um, you know, congratulations Thank on you. that. Uh, what a year, by the way, you're having. What have you What have you won so far this year? You know, sometimes we need, we, we, we're very blessed, we're very fortunate and we're very grateful. Um, you know, being open for two years, it's not a long time, but we, we've managed to bring uh, Katie's Hotel of the, the Year home, AA Hospitality Hotel of the Year, uh, Forbes five star yeah. we we managed to get in our first year and our second year which is seriously amazing because that doesn't normally happen so so privileged to to have that accolade the recent award is very much a, a hospitality with our accessible facilities something we really put out there you know i think a lot of hotels have accessible facilities but they don't particularly market them or put them out there we're very proud this hotel was built with that in mind so for us, an accessible guest is another full-on market segment, as you and I and a sweet guest, etc., will be. So we're mm. absolutely delighted to have won that award. And then we're up for another one this coming week. That's more from the meeting and events, so CNIT. And then we're nominated, shortlisted three of our team members for uh, individual Katie's, which That's is coming up in November. So yeah. it's amazing. It's, it's just, it's incredible. Yeah, but I'm a big believer in that, that good things happen when you just focus on doing what you do well. You, know, you almost don't need to go looking for them. They will find you. Um, and it's just really great to see that you're, you know, you're still a very young hotel. Uh, and yet you're, you're punching already uh, along with, mm -hmm. the, with the, the big boys, he says, with inverted commas. Yep. So, yeah, whatever you've done, you've done it. To a very high standard. Thank you. Seems. I'll make sure the team is. <laughs> but, um, but, uh, but yeah. So yeah, what what's next? How do you take this forward? Oh well, you've set a very high bar as a foundation. So so what happens next? Wow. What happens next is I think we need to work harder. We need to strive higher. And I'm hoping, or we are hoping, you know, maybe there's going to be some, I don't know, more properties. Right. On our side of the, the world here, maybe expansion into Europe, that will be amazing to be able to take this incredible brand and start putting it into Europe, you know, seeing what does that look like. Mm. So hopefully that's where ultimately we would love to be. And, you know, if we are seen as the, the flagship. So whatever we do is really being looked at yeah. in a very positive way. But again, we need to have that mindset that we are a blueprint and that blueprint needs to be amazing. It, it needs to be great because... With that in place, potentially that expansion will come a lot quicker. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I, I mean, I think your your brand, it almost feels like it's been here for 
years now. It just feels like it, it belongs. I think you're in a, an absolutely amazing position uh, as well. And I think if, if expansion does come your way, God, what a blueprint you've created already. Um, and, you know, with that humility that you've still got mm -hmm. more to do and there's still, there's always more that can be done, isn't there? But, Absolutely. Um, you know, there's new properties coming on, on board in the luxury sector. There's newer properties. It's, it's incredible. It's my goodness. <laughs> I don't know where, where do all these people come from that have all the money to spend on nights out in luxury hotels? But so, it's quite remarkable. Lots coming into London and they're all going to be bigger and better and more newer. So we need to keep our finger on the pulse and keep our ear to the ground and keep striving for a lot more. Yeah, I, that's it. It's nothing but a good thing, though, isn't it? I mean, you know, even if your uh, if if your market share is diminished because competition gets higher, competition only makes you better. It's healthy. Yeah, because it makes you stay relevant. Keeps you on your toes. It keeps you thinking, thinking ahead. What if? How do we change? And you know, luxury these days is about being a leader. So as much as there's more properties coming on board, how do you try and make sure that you remain a leader? Mm. And how do you get ahead of everybody else? What is that one thing that you've thought of and have implemented or brought across the line that somebody else hasn't quite got to yet? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and you've certainly set the foundation for, for sure. Um, Thank you. Yeah, so uh, a question I like to ask everyone. Actually, there's a question I'm going to ask you before we, we do that. <laughs> Was it through the, the, the opening of here where you had a wardrobe malfunction? Oh my goodness, yes. Was it? Was it? Because <laughs> I was wondering, because when you, when you were talking about that as being, you know, stress can lead to, oh. um, and I, I have to say, we, stress is not in itself a bad thing. When it's prolonged with no end game, that's when it becomes a bad thing. It's inevitable that there's going to be some stress at some point in the job that you do if you're determined on doing something well. Yep. So I, I think that's a, that's a key point. I don't want to kind of shine a light on mm -hmm. stress, mm -hmm. as it were. But yes, when you wrote this, I, I chuckled because uh, it's that old uh, phrase of, did you, did you get dressed in the dark? <laughs> I think, you know, it's more about there is so much going through your mind. You know, there's so many things you're trying to balance and remember. And, you know, you, you're almost becoming robotic. Um, particularly at the at the pre-opening stage here. And it's just you're thinking and, and so much is going on that things like getting dressed, it sounds really silly. And this is where I go back. You've got to learn to laugh at yourself because Absolutely. nobody else can. Yeah. But, you know, you're getting dressed, but you're not thinking of getting dressed. You're thinking, oh, my goodness, I need to go here, go there, do this. Do Have I forgotten? Where's the... And what I did is, unfortunately, I only realized it when I got on the train because I commute into London. I put on two different color shoes. I mean, I felt like what, a real idiot. It was blue yep. and black. Okay. So it wasn't no, too bad. It wasn't too, red was and a, orange or something. I was kind of hoping it was red and green or something. No, like but, that, but and the shoes were similar but different. Right. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm busy in this whole thing. Get on the train. Get to London. Do your job. Da, 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 da. Get off here. And, it's, and I looked down and I, I just I started to laugh. But you know that hysterical laugh? It was either that or crying. I mean, and I wasn't going to cry. And I just thought, you're such an idiot. But hey-ho, it's London. Anything goes in London. And you know what? No one's even going to notice my shoes. No, they'll just walk straight past you. Oh, you know, that's an interesting new style. I've, I've seen gentlemen walk here with two different color socks. So I thought, well, I've got I've two different that. color shoes on today. And just deal with it, London. Yeah, absolutely. In the grand scheme of things... 
Did that affect your ability to do no, your job that day? Definitely not. No. If anything, I was smiling pretty much most of the day. Yeah, and everybody probably <laughs> smiled with you as well. Well, hopefully with you, not at you. True. But um, yeah, so um, what three reasons would you give to somebody who was considering a, a career in hospitality as to why they should come in and join us? Um, I think I would say, do you play golf? I do. You do? Okay. Well, so, I mean, well, to a certain extent. Yes. Yeah. I would say, if for any golfers out there, you know that once that bug bites, you're in it. Yeah. But you maybe just got to go in once or twice, see it out, and you will love it. Hospitality is like golf. Once that bug bites you, you're in it. Yeah. You know, and, and again, somebody said to me, once you're in, you'll never leave. 25 years later, I will never leave hospitality. Yeah. I, 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 honestly, it, it's, it's everything. It, it's, it's honestly, it's a family. It's sincere. It's heartful. You've got friendships for life. It's dynamic. It's exciting. It's influenced. Um, you can travel. It's local. It's global. You know, the world is your oyster, literally. Mm. All you need to do is take it. Yeah. Absolutely. Opportunity presents itself on a very regular basis. And I'll just add to your golf analogy um, in the sense this is especially prevalent when you're, I suppose, in, to continue the golf analogy in the amateur stage of learning mm -hmm. is that you'll play 100 shots if you're lucky and 87 of them will be terrible. But it's the 13 that keep you coming back. And it's the ones you remember, yeah. and it's the ones that take you back. Yeah. So for the downs that you might be having, or your trainings, as I call them, they will bring you back. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Um, if people would like to reach out to you, the mm -hmm. Pan Pacific, or, or just chew the fact generally, what's the best method of, for them to get in touch with you? I think if it's Pan Pacific London, the website is always good. That's our go-to, you know, uh, from a communication perspective, me personally, and I'm really open to, you know, questions or answers or advice or guidance or anything. LinkedIn is my best platform to reach me on. So it's obviously Michelle Whitmore by name on LinkedIn. So very, very happy to take messages there. Michelle, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. It's been an absolute privilege. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. And there we have it. I'll be forever grateful for the time and hospitality shown to me by Michelle and all at the Pan Pacific London. The hotel is brimmed full of wonderful people and you can't help but wish them every success. We'll be back as usual at 8pm next Wednesday for another story from hospitality. So until then, thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week.